What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 123, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin, and today I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Mr. Fiscal Copy. Ethan, how you doing? I am doing good, Kevin. When I tell you four minutes ago, all right, I'm playing Fortnite with my buddy Tony from back in the Navy, right? We're, we're playing prop hunt. I've never played prop hunt before. We're having a good time. Mm-hmm. And I look down at my phone and I go, oh my goodness, it's 4.56. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a show to do. <laughs> and oh so I ran God. down here. Little do I know the computer is gone from the, my little recording setup that I have down here. So I run right back upstairs, grab the computer and the charging cord, run all the way downstairs, plug everything in. Guess what? headphones are upstairs because of course i'm talking to my buddy playing prop hunt playing fortnite (laughs) run all the way back up it it was a mess kevin last second i'm here i'm on time we're all good everything's happy but i'm having a great time kevin how are you my brother you're just straight hustling um i actually i actually walked in the door moments before we went live i had uh, quite a bit of traffic on my commute home today yeah it was was not pleased with the uh, how's the, the driving there. situation with the new living accommodations are you enjoying your commute in the morning is it longer is it shorter what's the deal i with mean that? it's it's much longer because i used to live five minutes away now it's like 20 yeah. 25 minutes today it was like mm. 35 minutes there's <sighs> Yeah, it's it's Ooh. depending on what time you get out of work, all right? It really yeah. impacts your experience driving home. So most days yeah. it's not too bad. Today, yeah. yesterday a little bit was like, oh my god, sitting there bumper to bumper traffic, just on the highway. I'm like, this is this is terrible. But I had a podcast. I had our friends over at um, exactly. the trophy room. Trophy room in my ears going. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's more time for you to listen to podcasts. I was going to say my commute when I was living in San Antonio and working, it was probably 20 minutes to work by the time i woke up in the morning mm-hmm. when i was coming home from work i was with traditional rush hour of after work in san antonio texas that took me about 55 minutes to an Ooh, hour to get no, home never. it was absolutely insane bumper to bumper but i had podcasts and that's what got me into podcasts so hey good things come out of those long commutes i guess i could never do that long i know uh our, our kyle over at the trophy room speaking of him i think he has like a two-hour commute oh like, that's crazy yeah absolutely i don't know how you do it i don't know shout, shout out that's them, a long commute <laughs> yeah ridiculous but uh, i'm doing all right this is a. Uh, if you're new here, an Xbox podcast. We're live every mm. Thursday for, for now. Maybe some changes coming in the future. Just uh, just a heads up. 5 p.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube. If you can't catch us live, we post every Friday morning on your favorite podcast service of choice. While you're over there, please drop us a rating, drop us a review. Some of you are doing it. We are one away from 30 on Spotify, and we are still six away from 40 on Apple. So if you could head over to the Apple store and just drop us those ratings, all right? We need your help. And oh, yeah. Come join the Discord, people. It's been we have a few stranglers come in here and there, but we want stranglers. Did you you just say stranglers, Kevin? I meant stragglers. (laughs) They're stragglers, though. Strangling (laughs) me, maybe. Uh, Words are hard sometimes, Uh, folks. Uh, This is a podcast, but come join the Discord. Is basically what I'm trying to get at. All right, we want to see you in there talking to us, having fun. It'll be a good time. And lastly, if you want to support us and get early access to all Save the Game Media's content, like No Limits, our sister PlayStation show, Frame by Frame, I Hate My Friends, and the exclusive post shows for all of those shows, like the first ever Project X Talk post show, which we're doing today. Ooh. 
Go over to patreon.com slash save the game media. Choose the tier that's right for you, just like our current Patreon supporters. So thank you to Bucky Blue, Hopple, Alpaca Tom, Amon, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, Nikolai at night, Cypher Primus, Brendan Myers, Marcus O'Neill, Lillian, Mimi J, The Snack Network, David Hotright, Dave Harp, and the Xbox Expansion Pass. Thank you all for your support. We appreciate each and every one of you. But Ethan, let's not waste any more time. Let's get yes, right sir. into the show. So... We're going to start like we do each and every week, going around the room, ask one question. The question is, what have you been playing? Oh, man. I think I, I, I think you know what I've been playing. That's Hogwarts Legacy. I know I talked about it last week. I went in depth on it. We put out the short about my first impressions of it. 46 hours in now, Kevin. My impressions Ooh. are still the same. This is the greatest adaptation of the Wizarding World that I've ever seen in my life um it's absolutely incredible the gameplay is fun the loop is fun the quests are unique and exciting the world is fun to explore there's so much to do and see in this world um avalanche knocked it out of the damn park with this video game um, i'm so happy um that we've finally been able to see a harry potter video game adaptation come to life in such a vibrant and exciting way um, and I'm probably going to 100% this. I feel like I'm about 75% or more into all the collectathon stuff, whether it be the different um, codex entries that you can find or the different collectible like wand hilts that you can find. There's so many mm -hmm. different little things that you can find throughout the world that are really exciting to go out and explore and try and find and collect um, and customize your character even more. So I'm having a really good time going around and collecting all those things and uh doing a bunch of side quests um, and, and finding different enemies to fight. It's it's just a blast. The game is rich. It's full of stuff. It's dense. Um, and, and I'm excited to keep going and eventually 100% this video game. Um, unfortunately, there is still some technical issues. They did release, mm. I think, about a three gigabyte patch, which really cleaned up a lot of the graphical issues and the pop-in issues that we've seen from interior to exterior movement. Um, in the video game, but there is still some quests that are kind of soft locked because of some glitches. They're obviously going to work on that, figure that out. So um, hopefully by the time I'm getting closer to my 100% playthrough, um, they will have that stuff ironed out so I don't have to wait for X amount of months to finally pop the last achievement to mm -hmm. get collection stuff done. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to jump back into that. But um, second thing I want to talk about is Modern Warfare 2. Uh, I've talked about this the last few months. Um, season two just dropped yesterday. Uh, new map for DMZ, new map for Warzone, uh, a, a new battle pass, lots of different stuff. They added Infected, which if anyone's watching this as an Xbox fan, you know what Infected is with Halo. It's the same thing with Call of Duty. Oh, uh, nice. Basically, one, it's 16 players. One guy starts off with melee weapons, a combat knife, and a tomahawk. Um, and they have to go around and try and infect the players who all have shotguns and a pistol. Um, and it's it plays exactly like you would think, uh, just like Halo Infected. And it's really, really fun. I played a few rounds with those. Jumped on with Garrett this morning to play some DMZ. Did a bunch of missions. Um, so Season 2, Modern Warfare 2, is going really, really well. And I'm enjoying a lot of the new content that they've dropped. Really, again, uh, I want to reiterate how much um activision and infinity ward have spoiled us with this call of duty the amount of content that they've put out for this video game and the amount of progression that they put out for this video game and again we compare it to halo infinite and and how 
not to do a progression system. Modern Warfare 2 is the complete opposite of this is how you do a progression system. It feels so great. It makes me want to invest my time and money into the platform. It's exciting. There's a lot of new stuff constantly coming out. Um, so I've been really enjoying that. So really, those are the two games that have sucked up the most of my time. Mm -hmm. Hogwarts Legacy for pretty much the entire week. Modern Warfare 2 for pretty much the last couple of days that I've been jumping into. But been having a really good week of gaming, Kevin. That's great. Great to hear it. Um, I'm still not going to probably play either of those games, but of course, I'm glad you're having fun. Atomic Heart's coming out in a few days. Come on, Kevin. Also a, a game I'm probably not going to play. I know. Just, just, you know, it's it's not my not my style of game, all right? Hey, we got to talk about multiple games on this podcast. That's, yeah. that's a good thing. Speaking of multiple games, all right. I haven't. I've only played one game. Well, I played FIFA a little bit. That doesn't count. I'm always. I'm always. You always jumping play, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. The game I played is a game. Also, I would say not really my my style of game, but I was. Uh, I was looking for something to play. I thought, hey, this is revered as one of the greatest survival horror games of all time. I'm gonna jump into it. I played Dead Space Remake. Yes, you did. Oh, I've never played Dead Space before. Nice. And I think we're gonna do a big spoiler cast and review discussion uh awesome. and kyle or i think i'll probably invite on to, to have everyone but Very this cool. is my first experience with it and i gotta say really good game really really good that's game. great it's uh i didn't find it overly scary i did play on baby ass baby mode okay i will i will yeah. admit that um so it wasn't the most difficult of challenge, unlike Kyle, who got 100% of the achievements Kyle and did the impossible run. Yeah. <laughs> he did an impossible in like six hours or something. I, know, I was like, you're it, yeah. broken. Um, and <laughs> I didn't I didn't get through my run in six hours. But yeah, uh, not very scary game, I will say that. And from my experience, there were a few jump scares here and there. The atmosphere, they really nailed, I think. The lighting and uh, music, especially uh, during combat phenomenal loved it absolutely amazing ethan this game might terrify you with the uh the the necromorphs or whatever yeah i was gonna say i might disagree with you on the point that this is not a scary game because i played the original dead space and my god i probably couldn't make it through like chapter four or whatever oh, wow. like it was it was bad like i was terrified i was shooketh yeah, I, th I meanwhile I'm over there like just lining up their limbs, blasting them off. They're like crawling oh, towards the me. Like, so fun. That's yo, the only reason yo, it kept me in. From what I've heard, it's even better. I have no comparison, but the game played very smooth. Like if you had told me this was just a brand new modern game, I would have believed. And like I didn't know, I would have believed you because the it just everything was very smooth. And my big takeaway because there's a lot of zero gravity moments in this game where you're flying around and stuff. I fully back motive for their Iron Man game now. I am full. That's what ahead. I've heard from a lot of people. Yeah, is that the the zero gravity experience in the Dead Space remake is going to translate really well into the Iron Man video game that they're developing. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you real quick is we did that big review last year on The Last of Us Part 1, the remake mm -hmm. of The Last of Us. And I remember yeah, yeah. you and I were very high on that video game. And you and I, neither of us are really the biggest survival horror fans in that sense. Um, what do you how do you compare this? remake to the last of us part one what do you think is better about this game do you have any comparisons you want to make between the, those two 
I mean, I, I don't know if I even consider, I mean, I guess to a certain extent it is. I, I don't even consider The Last of Us really survival horror. I'm thinking more like, really? Res- yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I would never, I wouldn't put it in that category for me personally. I know okay. like Resident Evil is more, is more up that comparison wise anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to compare those two, just for your question, I would say The Last of Us has an infinitely better story. I don't. I don't think the story was really the strong point of Dead Space from what I played. I think the gameplay in Dead Space Remake is a thousand times better than that of. Oh, uh, really? So much better. You might catch some flack for that. I don't care. You know, the the (laughs) gunplay is way better. I mean, there's no stealth in Dead Space, obviously, so I can't compare that. But I thought the stealth in uh, in the last of us was not great that was like the right, weakest right. gameplay component so very happy that i i went through dead space not a long game so it was perfect because turning tomorrow i'm gonna have way too many games to play all right oh, yeah. like and february's I, packed i might i might do a rundown in the in the post show um of just like all the games i've pre-ordered and like somehow have to play next week i think, I think we'll, we could talk about the overload that's coming like why couldn't they oh, give yeah. me something this week like just drop one of those games i really don't like that they're like every game has to come out on a friday like every big release right. i'm like i remember when games came out on a tuesday like why don't we why don't we just throw it yeah. on tuesday here like you still get occasional but the big releases are fridays now yeah, and like it feels like it always comes at the end of the month too. Like the end of February is absolutely packed. We got Atomic Heart and we got um like a Dragon Ishin coming out mm-hmm. on the same exact day, February twenty first. And that's tough. Like at least with January, we got one piece Odyssey early on. Then we got that little buffer of SpongeBob Cosmic Shake. Yeah, and then right cool. into right into Hogwarts Legacy, at least for me. So mm-hmm. I, I've had a pretty good flow going so far this year, but end of February, completely going to disrupt everything, and it's going to be chaos. It's going to be crazy trying to fix, fit in all these different games. Yeah, yeah. We, we can talk more about that. I got I keep I keep a list of all the games like I want to oh, yeah, play. So I'm like sitting here doing <laughs> gymnastics in my brain. Like, where, can I, where can I fit this in, you know, especially yep. with everything else yep. going on in, in human existence. But we'll save that for the post show. So... Ethan, let's uh, let's jump into the news though for this week. I'm going to be right. upfront, everyone. It's a pretty slow news hey, week. I sent the them in the doc. Yo, All I right. I put your stories in here. I'm just saying, even with that, pretty slow news week. But the biggest story I think has to be the story that came out, uh, and people are blowing up over Twitter. Oh, Game yeah. Pass leads to lower game sales. Uh, this was included in Microsoft's submission to the CMA a tidbit that seemingly indicates Game Pass negatively impacts game sales. Quote, Microsoft also submitted that its internal analysis shows a redacted percentage decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition on Game Pass. As noted by GameIndustry.biz, this runs counter to previous statements from Phil Spencer, who in 2018 said, quote, when you put a game like Forza Horizon 4 on Game Pass, you instantly have more players of the game, which is actually leading to more sales of the game. In response, Eurogamer actually reached out to Microsoft, who does not dispute the claim that it lowers game sales, but instead responded, quote, Xbox Game Pass offers gamers and game creators more choice and opportunity in how they discover, experience, and deliver games. For gamers, that means providing another option for them to discover games and play with friends at great value. For developers, that means creating another option for how they monetize their games. We focused on helping game creators of all sizes maximize the total financial value they receive through Game Pass. 
Each game is unique, so we work closely with creators to build a custom program to reflect what they need, ensure they are compensated financially for their participation in the service, and allow room for creativity and innovation. As a result, the number of developers interested in working with Game Pass continues to grow. I'm going to stop it there, Ethan. Initial thoughts yeah. on this uh, breaking, air quote, news. It's not breaking news because we all know that Game Pass cannibalizes game sales. I mean, that is by design. Uh, and, and you got to think that the people that work at Microsoft and Xbox, the people that work at the development studios that sign on to be on Game Pass, they're doing the mental and mathematical gymnastics to figure out how much money could we make if we just go on our own and publish this game on multiple platforms, or how much money are we going to make if we take this check from Microsoft and publish our game on Game Pass? Um, everybody's been crunching the numbers, and clearly Xbox thinks the strategy at this point is to go forward with the Game Pass model. Subscriptions and monthly fees are going to make them more money than the sales they would normally get on these games, which I absolutely understand. We've talked about for months and months, pretty much the year that I've been on Save the Game Media about Game Pass is that so many games, whether they be indie games or double A games, they would have completely gone under the radar of the vast majority of gamers. But because they are on Game Pass, they have millions of eyes on them that normally wouldn't be on them in the first place that 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 produces engagement that produces people coming into your ecosystem and getting excited about different games that are coming in. And then that also leads to greater sales in the future. If somebody plays a great video game and it's like, Oh, what is the developer of this game? This was really fun. I'm going to pay attention to these guys in the next game. They come out. Maybe I want to play this game and spend 20 bucks if they're not going to be on game pass. Mm -hmm. um, so these are the relationships obviously that are being built between Xbox and the different development studios around the world um, that are third party that aren't part of the first party xbox ecosystem um and it, it's all a mathematical game that they have to play they understood when they first iterated the xbox game pass system and they pitched it to phil spencer and the team they pitched it in the boardroom before it ever came out they knew this was going to reduce game sales especially for first party video games they absolutely understand that but again there are people in the background crunching the numbers saying we can make more money off of these subscription sales than we can just selling these games outright and uh and i think this is just basically confirming exactly what everybody knew obviously we didn't have the raw numbers we still don't have the raw numbers no, as far redacted. as i can tell redacted exactly we don't have the raw numbers but we can tell they're probably in the negative in terms of game sales but how much revenue did they gain those 15 dollars a month subscriptions that so many millions of people are paying now to play these video games so um, I, I, I don't think this is any sort of breaking news. I'm sure people are going to fixate on it to try and push a narrative and mm -hmm. try and continue this console war garbage that's going on. But Xbox knows what they're doing. A company like Microsoft isn't going to roll out a program if they don't think they can profit off of it. And they're not going to continue a program if they're not profiting off of it. Um, so Game Pass has been successful for them. And it's been successful for a lot of developers, which we have seen throughout the last x amount of months developers coming out and saying how great the system has been for for their video games so it's a good thing before i give my thoughts i want to bring up uh, mike rose who is the um i think he's the ceo of no more robots but he yep. says quote every time game pass is in the news my descenders fill search fills with 
mentions as people on both sides try to explain why descenders is proof of their own claims about game pass and every single time i go oh boy do i learn that gamers do not understand how video games work at all he says <laughs> all i can say is we're aiming to get every single title we publish from now on onto game pass in doing so we'll secure success wow. for each title and relieve immense pressure on the developers right. please gamers continue to explain why it's bad for us so <laughs> He's always been one of the biggest supporters, um, especially in the indie space, uh, getting right. games onto Game Pass. They've had a lot of success with Descenders. They've had a lot of success. I know uh, they just published uh, Soccer Story, which came to Game yes. Pass. So they're very much into the idea of getting those games onto it. And one thing I've been bringing up to people, when because I think the conversation is a lot more nuanced and complicated than just Game Pass hurts sales. Because even right. in the document they submitted to the CMA, they said reduces uh, percentage redacted decline in or redacted percentage decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition into Game Pass. So everyone seemingly is just leaving off that 12 months into Game Pass because, yeah, that makes complete sense. When you throw a game into Game Pass, which they usually stay for around 12 months, the, the sales are going to decline. But then I would love right. to see what happens when it leaves Game Pass. Do people then go pick it up? And do we see a significant maybe uh, inverse to the redacted percentage? Is it evening out? So are those sales then being made back? I know people like to be like, oh, well, they're not getting they're not getting as much money because they could have been selling it the whole time. And in my opinion, you guys are anyone saying that is just completely missing a critical part. And that Mike said developers and publishers are given money for their games to go into the service. And I've said check. this, I've said this a thousand times. They've said it a thousand times. For indie games, it basically covers the cost of development. We heard yep. this from uh Drinkbox Studio for Nobody Saves the World. They had a choice to either publish it and see what happens or go with the Game Pass. They went with the Game Pass and instantly their cost of development was gone. They made yeah. all their money back. So they their game was a hit. About. Yes. And it it was <laughs> In terms of indie studios, Drinkbox is very well off. Okay, they've had oh, yeah. multiple success. I love that game. But then you look at things like they say base game in that statement, right? That doesn't account for, and Microsoft says this, we give people a way to monetize their games. That means not including DLC. I went and bought the Nobody Saves the World DLC because I was like, it's $5. I didn't pay for the base game because it was through my Game Pass subscription. So let me support them by buying the DLC. I don't really buy DLC for games anymore. However, if it's on Game Pass, I feel a lot more inclined to buy DLC because I saved that initial cost up front. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely agree. So I just think people are kind of dumbing this down quite a bit to Game Pass bad hurts sales because then you look at things like uh, take big third-party multi-platform games like Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, right? Yep. Which might not be the best example, but I'm trying to just the type of game I'm talking about, okay? Um, those games, multi-platform, were not day one into the service. So it launched onto Xbox, it launched onto PlayStation, it launched onto PC. I don't know if it's on Switch. I'm going to assume it's not on Switch. So it lost, launched across those platforms. And then 
it had its sales. It did whatever it did according to Square Enix. It didn't do very well, but it's just talking about a AAA game that launches multi-platform and then it get, does its sales. And then they're like, hey, we're not really selling much. Maybe we can revitalize the game and make some more money off it by putting into one of those services, right? So then they go approach Xbox and Xbox pays them be like, hey, you know what? Our game isn't selling that well, but here's how we can still make money off of it. And then say you're, oh, I, I'm started playing Guardians, but it, it left the service. But I really liked it, so now I'm going to go buy it. The, the It's just way more complicated than simply Game Pass, no sales. Like there are multiple right. scenarios that we can, uh, I've just pointed out, of different ways that games come, go, and in, incentivize the player and developers to play in Game Pass and then buy it afterwards. Yeah, it, you know, to that point, I feel like every game, it really is a case-by-case basis on whether or not, whether it be Game Pass or PS Plus, like whether a subscription service would be mm-hmm. beneficial to your game or not. I think every developer has to obviously weigh those options. They got to do the number crunching to see if it's worth it or not, um, which platform to go with or go with both platforms. I mean, I remember Phil Spencer was talking about the marketing of Hi-Fi Rush and about how the shadow dropping wouldn't have worked for some games and it would it it worked really well for hi-fi rush i feel like it's the same way when it comes to developers making a decision where to put their games on game pass or ps plus um so uh, like like you said there are indie developers out there who can cover their costs right away with a check from microsoft and put so many more eyes on their game than would have been if they never put it out on game pass so it really is a a mental gymnastics that a lot of these developers have to make and i think people are going to get more used to it as time goes on and and you know more more developers buy into this sort of subscription model for distributing games and uh, it's only going to get better from here on out but this news is not a negative thing i think this is only a a symptom that everyone saw coming from a mile away and it's not necessarily a bad thing because there's still money going around there's still money going around to all the devs and all the de- all the publishers and everyone's getting their checks so it's all okay mm. ghostly march in the chat says a great point here game pass also frees up money in my budget to buy other games sooner without waiting for a sale or more third-party yep. games that won't beyond game pass which i think is a great point because the amount of times that i sit here i actually did it one time i went through all the games i played on game pass throughout the year and i was like how much if i had bought these games would it have been and it was over a thousand dollars it was easy over a thousand dollars yes yeah so then that makes me feel like hey like like a dragon Ishin is one right where mm-hmm. i pre-ordered it at sixty dollars will it come to game pass in the future maybe I could wait. The other Yakuza games are all on Game Pass, right? So it's a it's in my mind pretty good shot. But I'd feel okay buying it now because I've saved money on Game Pass games exactly. already this year. Like there are games I've played through Game Pass that or PS Plus, for example. There are games I'm gonna play on PS the Quarry. Quarry is one that I've been yep. eyeing for a while. I've been waiting for a deep, deep sale. Instead, it's coming to PS Plus next week. So yep. in my mind, that's now, hey, that's $20, $30 that I was going to spend. But instead, I'm going to put it towards a different game. Completely valid, completely re- responsible. Like That's just another perfect example of how it might not benefit the game coming to Game Pass, but it benefits the other games on your platform. 
exactly because gamers are going to still spend their money on video games right and if you just free them up of the financial burden of having to buy certain games they're going to put their money elsewhere and you're just mm -hmm. doubling your profit at that point because you're getting a subscriber to game pass getting engagement with whatever your game's putting on there and then they're going out and buying more stuff for example that exact thing happened with me today i got a 100 gift card for christmas and i remembered like oh i have this let's use it i bought the battle pass for Modern Warfare 2, put money into that, and now I'm saving the rest to buy Kirby's Dreamland Deluxe. Now, I know that's not part of <laughs> the Xbox ecosystem, but it, it could very well be another Xbox game that I want to buy maybe later on down the road well, if I decide to go against that. Well, it, I know I know you said Kirby, but say, for example, it was a, a multi-platform indie game, and you're like, hey, I'd really you know, I'd like to play this game, but instead I'm going to go pick it up on switch. Like it's still going to the developers. Yeah. doesn't matter what platform you pick it up on yeah. in that situation. And like, and what the point I was going to make is that atomic heart is coming out in the 21st. I would be buying that game right now. I would A have already spent $70 to pre-order and download it, but it's on game pass that freed up that $70 to be able to buy Kirby. That's freed up that money to be able to buy the modern warfare Two battle pass i mean that just all all that made me do was invest an extra 90 to 100 dollars into into your platform mm -hmm. you know and and then still engage with the game that you're putting out on game pass yeah and and atomic hearts a good example because it's launching on playstation and pc as well so they're going to get right. the sales over there yep. and they're going they already got the bag from xbox for yep. putting it into game pass so they're probably happy regardless what it sells on other platforms because yeah. they made this deal and who knows maybe they look at xbox and say well we predict this many i'm sure they do we predict this many sales is yeah, it going to be more beneficial to launch it without game pass or with game pass right right it's, it's just way more nuanced than people would have you believe on the internet that's all i'm saying all right yep exactly i think i think i've said my piece on that we can move on unless you got Amen. something else to add but ready to go all right, story number two, uh, not great news. Bobby no. Kotick apparently will stay if the Activision Blizzard King deal is blocked. So this comes from Anthony Wood at IGN. He says, an unnamed source has told Fox Business that Bobby Kotick, current CEO of Activision Blizzard King, will absolutely remain at the gaming giant to run the company if the deal were to not go through. That's the whole story. Um, yeah. This... I'll throw it over to you, Ather, because you probably more. I know. I know one of your big reasons is you you want the deal to go through to get people like this out of the company. Um, right. I I think if the deal goes through and they keep him, that'd be a really bad look for Xbox, given everything that happened under his watch. The fact that if the deal doesn't go through and he stays, that is so bad for the people working at activision blizzard I, I i know people have kind of forgotten forgotten it's because it's the 24-hour news cycle right like it's old news okay we're moving on Activision. exactly we're, we're yeah. all looking for diablo 4 now but if <laughs> if the deal doesn't go through and he stays that's not great for the employees of activision blizzard king it's he has shown ineffective leadership Awful things have happened under his watch. He needs to be held accountable. And I know some people will say, well, he's not really being held accountable if the deal goes through because he gets a golden parachute. But getting him out with a payday is better than not getting him out at all. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you want to take care of the people that are still working at that company and, and its companies under its umbrella. Um, and we shouldn't just hold on to toxic leadership just because we think they might get a payday coming out of it. We got to get rid of them. Um, and yeah, this is obviously an unintended side effect, I think, 
um, that the governments of both the United Kingdom and the United States are causing by trying to stop this deal. Um, again, hopefully this deal is still going to go through. Everything's going to be fine. I think Phil Spencer has already said enough vague language on the subject to Bobby Kotick that it's pretty clear that Bobby is going to be out once it gets absorbed by Xbox. I think if they were going to keep him, Phil Spencer would have said that they're going to keep them. I think with that vague language, they've already made it pretty clear that Bobby Kotick is out. But with Xbox not being able to acquire Activision Blizzard King, if that actually happens, there's no reason for Bobby Kotick to leave. So that makes sense because the board of directors of that company have clearly said that they don't really care about the situations going on. They don't care about the toxic leadership um, and they've not voted him you know out of confidence so it's unfortunate and this is just an unfortunate side effect of that and we've talked about how this would be a, a beneficial thing of this deal is that um, activision blizzard king's leadership would be shaken up their ips would be managed better etc 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 their development studios would be treated with more respect their employees mm -hmm. would be treated with more respect and clearly um, if this doesn't go through that's never going to happen um, and we'd never be able to see a Activision Blizzard King under Xbox. And that's really unfortunate. So, but I'm still holding out hope. I think the deal's going to go through. I think there's going to be a big legal fight. It's clearly gone way longer than any of us have had expected. Um, and it's just unfortunate. And I, and this is an unfortunate side effect of this not happening quickly. Do you, do you remember over the summer when everyone was saying, Oh, the deal will be done by August. And then it was, Oh, deal will do. be done. Deal will be done by November. I and do. I'm like, yeah. you, you people get your information from seemingly nowhere. They're just pulling, pulling stuff out of the hat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, all right, uh, because this could take quite some time. I personally think, you know, if, if it's not done by the summer, they're going to kill it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think that <laughs> that would be my move. You can go buy other studios, but the government will let Bayer buy other. Monsanto for 66 billion, but they won't let Xbox buy Activision got it. It's just crazy to me. It, it's wild to me that this is happening. It's really unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. We just got to mm -hmm. deal with it, I guess. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say besides uh, screw Bobby Kotick. He sucks, and uh, yep. hope he hope he gets out. He's not. He should have been through. fired forever ago, but <laughs> doing what we can. Money, next, money talks. This next story is a little, little more positive. Okay, and this comes yes. from GamesIndustry.biz. Who spoke with Arjun Varma? Sorry if I butchered that. He says, "Quote, who, who apparently is quote a manager at Xbox's new global expansion incubator team, and he said, quote, the idea behind GXI is to engage, connect with local developer communities in India. We want to support and enable the ecosystem to find success. We're looking at how we can get these titles published on Xbox." in addition to other platforms. Varma apparently says these devs will be given all the same tools as their other partners so they can find success. Ethan, uh, yep. a little bit of a, a positive story here. Seems Xbox has established a team in, in other regions to try to yep. promote indie development, get studios built up there, and India is one of their big workplaces right now. Yeah, India, it, it is one of the largest countries in the world in terms of population it has 
a, a massive player base of gamers. I mean, it's really popular, especially in the mobile gaming space. I know if anybody is on the YouTube live after like 12 p.m. in the United States, you're seeing Indian creators all over the platform making content. It's crazy. People are all over it. Um, and it's great not only for Xbox to expand into the market to get more players into the ecosystem, but to also talk to developers on the ground. Again, you have over a billion people. There's a lot of development studios there that are probably making video games that are untapped potential people that are very skilled and excellent at making video games but they just haven't had that breakthrough moment in the western market and we haven't been able to discover them yet xbox is putting their feelers out there they're building relationships on the ground and that's extremely important we've seen these same invested investments go into japan into china and we've seen the fruits of mm -hmm. that labor through multiple video games and i think india is the next step for the gaming community to be able to go in and i'm not just talking about xbox i think all of the different development studios, PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, they all need to be going into India to tap this potential, to tap this talent in this market. I mean, I can't imagine how many great video games will come out of India in the future because there's a huge player base there. There's an incentive there for, for these companies to start there. And it's really exciting. I think it, it really is a new market for us in gaming and, and it should be tapped. Yeah, I like how they said that the initiative wasn't just about xbox getting it published on xbox it was right it was we want these on all platforms i think that is a great initiative because indies really live and die by that exposure the discoverability of their games um i know raji and epic and ancient epic i believe it, it was called um hmm. was in was a game that did come out of india a few years ago i want to say yep. 2020 um hmm. and that game it was released to okay reviews. I think around the 70, like a solid game. Um, it looked kind of like an old school Prince of Persia-esque game, not the Sands mm -hmm. of Time, like the old, old Prince of Persia style game. So yeah. there are teams over there that clearly have talent and passion, and it's awesome to see that Xbox has a whole initiative identifying and trying to support these developers with resources and money. I think it's it's good that you were like, oh, PlayStation, Nintendo, everyone needs to do this. I know PlayStation's big effort has been China in recent years, but I think the China Hero Project or, or something something right. along those lines that they they titled it, where we've seen games like Fist, um, Forge of Shadow, Torture, and one that, that was that Metroidvania with the rabbit that I really enjoyed that came out of there. So it's awesome to see big stu big big players in the space going and finding these talented studios right. helping them get games because if they can find that success, like they can build that studio, they can help these, these countries economically, they can get more people into the game development space. Like, Hey, you, like Montreal is a big, big game development yep. hub, right? Mm -hmm. Be, people want to live there. Like developers go there. California is another one. So if they can build up these other areas to be these strong, resources lots of studios making great games people are going to want to go to be there be in that culture yep. right so awesome to see great news um you got anything else to add about it i mean you, you talked about that investment that playstation is trying to make in china and, and i would say that the investment in india i feel like is a lot more safe than an investment in china i mean we've talked about it multiple times on the show about gaming companies and and 
any entity that comes out of China has they have to answer to the Chinese Communist Party. And that's just a fact of life. And it's really unfortunate. It's an autocratic government that does horrible, horrible things and tries to censor things. Um, an investment in India is, is an investment in the world's largest democracy by population. Um, and that's a really important caveat that a lot of these gaming companies uh, probably understand in their mind that this is a much safer and stable market to go into. Um, and, and they will be hiring people and working with people that are more free to be able to express their creative ideas in their video games. And that's something that's really exciting. That's something we need in gaming is the freedom to express our ideas and to be inclusive um, in our culture. And that that's something really exciting. So I think an investment in India is the best thing we can do right now in gaming because that's a huge market and we should be tapping into that. I uh, will certainly keep an eye on any games from studios that are coming out of there because uh, oh, yeah. I want I'm I'm interested to see what they're what they're putting together over there. But mm -hmm. story number four, Ethan, and I will yes, click sir. the thing so it changes. Uh, Embracer Group is going AAA apparently. That's what I call <laughs> this story. So Lars Wingafors, the CEO of Embracer Group, has outlined the next few years for two studios and the whole Embracer Group, but for mainly two studios. So Wingafors has said that. Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal would release five AAA games in the next five years. That's an increase from the previous five years where they only managed to release three. We know Crystal Dynamics is currently assisting Xbox and the initiative with their reboot of Perfect Dark. And a new entry in the Tomb Raider series is also coming in collaboration with Amazon. Eidos is rumored to be working on a new Deus Ex game with rumors suggesting Crystal could also be reviving Legacy of Kane. In addition to this, six games will come via Gearbox Entertainment, 11 from Saber Interactive, six from PlayOn, and one from THQ Nordic, with four of these coming in the next 12 months. It's worth noting that only six of the 31 AAA games in production have been announced to date how are we yeah. feeling great i mean embracer group this has been their strategy forever is gobble up as many studios as you can and it seems like they're starting to put this train into motion um and and it's really exciting obviously um we've always talked about embracer group as a studio that tries to focus in on quantity not necessarily quality. We've talked about a ton of AA games that they've been putting out, um, a ton of indie games, and I think Gearbox we talked about being the probably their most premier studio um, for a while. But with this purchase of Eidos Montreal and Crystal Dynamics, we're starting to see them move into that AAA space, which is really, really exciting. And, and these are two development studios that... Um, I'm a big fan of obviously Crystal Dynamics has had its ups and its downs as of late, um, but I know for a fact with the correct leadership and with the correct budget, they can put out some really great video games. Eidos Montreal, obviously, we know for a fact can put out great video games no matter what they do. They're a great development studio. Um, I'm really excited to see what these projects are and how they pan out. Obviously, a new Tomb Raider video game would be really fun. A new Deus Ex video game is something that really interests me. Um, I'm really interested to see what these other unannounced projects are, but it seems like Embracer Group is starting to try and diversify its portfolio with moving into the AAA market, and I I think we we talked a little bit about that when they initially bought um square enix's western studios with that it's it seemed like they were trying to move a little bit more mm -hmm. into the AAA market and it seems like this is the fruit of their labor coming to fruition and it's pretty exciting to see it come out 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you right there. That was my thought initially was these are just the AAA games in production. So for people that don't know, Embracer right. Group has like 120 studios or something. So they're 4 billion, just 4 billion studios. They're you know? segmented into different areas. Like Gearbox has, uh, they oversee one, Saber Interactive oversees one, Play On, and then THU Nordic, obviously. So it looks like these are just the triple a games in development in those areas they still have those double a games think spongebob squarepants of the cosmic shake that's a double a game right game is so fun (laughs) those i think are still going to be their bread and butter those games are still going to see announced and come out more often their triple a go games though it's good to see them stepping up and really trying to get into the space because that is where they're going to make the majority of their money all right they're not really seeing the returns on things like spongebob it's a 40 dollars game right nobody's really going to be shipping out 70 dollars for for that type of experience and they need to find ips whether it's new or old that they can continue to have success with because for example saints row is an ip they brought back and released at a premium price tag for the AAA. And it flopped. Yeah, commercially, apparently, it didn't do too bad. It was under their projections, but critically got lambasted. Right, right. They, that cannot happen. You're going to develop a reputation of being a bad AAA game publisher. So you need to find the consistency within your development teams. We're still waiting on things like uh, the KOTOR remake, right? I think that's over at Saber now um because it was taken away from it was taken away from oh my god why can't i remember their name they make blue ports. point am i going crazy? no no blue points is sony studio it doesn't it doesn't really matter for this conversation my point stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah they just need to find consistency i think they're betting big on tomb raider they're betting big on crystal um obviously they'll probably get some money in flux from the initiative and perfect dark but bring back those things like Legacy of Kane. Bring back Deus Ex. Yep. Those are things that people will instantly recognize. They'll be drawn to. And as long as the games are good, those are going to be successes for you. Gearbox is another one where I think they have the big, they have probably their biggest potential, right? Because you have established Aspire, IPs already. Aspire, thank you. That's who that's who <laughs> is bothering me. <laughs> yeah. But the people in things like uh play on, I am completely unfamiliar with what's going on over there. THQ right. Nordic has not had a good track record when they've tried to put out they those that's the studio that handles those smaller <laughs> games so they have a lot to prove and i think that's why they're only getting the budget for one yeah big triple a game this year uh well not even this year before 2028 i think um is a years. is the new aew game thq or am i going yes, crazy but it's not that. a triple a game you don't think that would be considered? I mean, I don't know. Do do we consider sports games as AAA? Like, would do you think a I dev think, studio well, would I label one? A, I I think sports games traditionally are. I don't think AEW is though. Just by looking okay. at it, I can't. I could be completely wrong. I don't know how much money they've thrown into AEW. It just doesn't <laughs> scream AAA to me. No, it doesn't. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> so I'm ex- I'm excited to see what they can do in the future. Uh, they clearly have big plans, and I'm glad to see they're not just like, hey, we acquired a bunch of stuff, now we're going to sell it. Uh, they're actually right. investing. They're actually giving teams time to make stuff. And we could be seeing them pumping out game after game if they hit all this because that's 31 AAA projects in the next couple of years that's crazy yeah that's a that's that's like unheard of (laughs) hey and you gotta wonder how many of these games are actually gonna be what we would consider at the triple a level you know i mean are these gonna be 31 forspokens 
Oh, or are God. these going to be 31 Starfields or a mix? We'll see. It, it, it'll, it'll be cool to see uh, how much Embracer is willing to invest in its studios. So, mm-hmm. For sure. Well, Ethan, that's all we have for this week. Uh, yeah, short episode told everyone. But if you guys want to hear us uh, come chat uh, just randomly, we're doing the uh, Patreon post show next. Yes, so sir. that'll be over on patreon.com slash save the game media. But make sure if you like this video, like subscribe to the channel rate us over on the podcast feeds we need your support over there maybe xbox will give us some news next week we can get back to that one hour that we'd like to to hit but (laughs) a little shorter for you guys hope you appreciate it ethan until next time uh see you guys peace